Welcome on into the game day edition of the 2-3 podcast Pitt Panthers preview edition. A lot of P's in that one. Zach, they're 20-8 and eight overall. They're 13-4 and four in the ACC. This is a very good, criminally underrated team. No clue why they aren't ranked. This is a team that has been good all year long. And much like the ACC, people are just looking past them this year. Yeah, this is something we we've touched on in previous episodes. They're just they're just criminally, like you said, being slept on. The ACC in general is, but it's it's honestly like amazing to me that the pit has never been ranked this year. Is still not ranked. It's still like in a ways, a lot of ways, like on the bu- on the bubble. I guess. I mean, I think they're on, on on the right side of the bubble at least. But it's wild to think that they're at least close to you know if they if they drop a few games late here. Then they they could find themselves very very quickly to out of the tournament according to you know projections and stuff like that, which is just wild to me. And it doesn't make much sense. They're fifty fifth in the NET rankings. They have, from what I've seen, about three quote unquote bad losses. They lost a couple games to go to Virginia Tech, which is a little bit strange to say, but Virginia Tech isn't. They haven't had a good second half of the season. Florida State, they lost to them back in January, and then they lost to Vanderbilt, who's not great. They don't have a great SEC ranking, but those aren't bad losses. It's not like they've lost to anybody that's just completely out of the blue, like a, I don't know, like a Georgetown or something like that, where they're doing absolutely terrible. Just anytime that you can talk bad about Georgetown, it's it's a good time, but they haven't had any really, really bad losses. They've had some great wins, though. They beat number 13, Miami, number 6, Virginia, and number 21, Northwestern, which was way early in the year. But you look at their resume, and they've got a great resume. I think that this is going to be one of those sleeper teams that will make it into the tournament that will end up making a run. And then people will look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, they deserve to be there anyways. Because it just it has the makings for that. It was like Cuse back when they made their Final Four run a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. I agree, though. Like, the resume speaks for itself. And it's just a matter of time now. You know, we'll get through the end of the season here, ACC tournament. And then when it comes to the big dance, I think Pitt will will, will show well, will represent the ACC well, along with all the other teams who, who make it to the tournament. We'll, we'll prove all the naysayers and doubters wrong once again. Just a little bit of a repeat of last year. So their last game was a 76 to 68 win over Georgia Tech. They had four starters that were in double digits. They shot nearly 38% from three. And this is a trend. They are a good shooting team, but most of all, they're a great defensive team. They, they, Georgia Tech isn't necessarily the best team in the world, so they aren't really the best team to compare to. But still, they out-rebounded Georgia Tech by quite a bit. I think it was by like 12 or 13. And that's what they love to do. They love to hold teams defensively. They love to rebound. They love to, you know, hold them to as much as they can. And um, that's been the trend of this pit team is that they've they've been constantly a good defensive team. They're third in the ACC for uh, overall defensive points. They're holding opponents to around forty one percent from the field. Overall, this is a scary team and. Uh, not a team that really bodes well for our resume, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, this is something we touched on in our first matchup is they're, they're physical and their physicality hurt us that first matchup and uh, their defense, the third AC speaks on, on that. They love the rebound, they, they crush the boards and that just 
again, speaks to the testament of, of their physicality and they're, they're willing to put their body on the line. And, and again, that physicality is a, a huge question mark going into this matchup. Can we handle it? Our last two games, we have shown that we cannot handle it. So hopefully we can flip the script there because Pitt's going to come in. We're going to we're going to the zoo. We're going to be in Pittsburgh. It's going to be rowdy and it's it's going to be physical. This is going. I I feel like this matchup is going to be maybe one of the, one of the most physical of the year. I tell you what's really sad. I was looking at a uh, article by SB Nation. They do great things for uh, Syracuse, sort of uh, previewing matchups and also recapping matchups. But um, they were mentioning that uh, Pitt basically can't afford a bad loss, which is fair. They can't afford a, a bad home loss to us. And, you know, if you look at us and the entire landscape of the NCAA, we could be considered technically a bad loss at home. But one thing that really stood out to me is it says Syracuse needs something good to happen to strengthen their NIT chances. And that hurt my soul reading that because unfortunately that's the reality of the situation is we had been previewing this whole stretch coming up against Duke and Pitt, and we were saying that this is going to be great for our our tourney chances if we can go, you know, if we can basically sweep this. And so far, we haven't won a single game, so it's looking more like that we're going to be in the NIT. That could be something for a different episode. But Zach, reading that, it really, really hurt my heart. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone is looking at, at the headlines in terms of tournament headlines and cues, and and leaving the article in that landscape with a smile at this at this point in time it's it's kind of a sad time for any projections or any hope in terms of that but my eyes are on pit and in the furthest my eyes are at is this AC tournament and what we can do to put ourselves in the best position to have a run there and hopefully you know first first step here is, is pit which we've talked about this before too this is like before you know these, these past two games, this is like the game we had circled on the calendar. The game that like this was the big opportunity to you know turn some heads and go to the, go on the road and be a team that beat us early on in the year. And you know th- this is still a big win for us and obviously a much needed one as well. Well, it would show a lot of things because you had mentioned earlier that they love to rebound, they love to crush the boards. Their fourth highest team in the ACC for rebounds. Um, it's worth mentioning, by the way, that we have the second worst opponent team rebound. So we love giving up rebounds as much as we can, um, which doesn't obviously bode well for us in this matchup. But at the same time, this could be an opportunity to show that we can be physical and that we can go out there and go up against these teams that love to crush the boards and we're able to hold them back. The problem is, is that we have not shown that, like you had mentioned, over the past two games. And in order to get it done, we've got to see a lot more production from our forwards. We've got to see a lot more production from Malik, from Chris, from Benny. And uh, I just worry that, you know, this is not going to be a great recipe. But in order to win this matchup, that is definitely going to be the secret is out-rebounding Pitt as much as we can. The big thing about Pitt, too, is these guys are grown men. ESPN did a little lineup age comparison with... The, the the age of the starting five for Pitt and compared it to the starting five of the OKC Thunder and Pitt is older, which is just wow. insane to say that. Pitt has two guys are 24, a 22-year-old, a 23 and a 20-year-old. These guys are veterans. They're all, vet- this is like a, a melting pot of transfers coming into the school and they have the, the, the experience and the age and these guys 
which especially when you compare that to our, our heavily freshman roster, which has obviously been the rhetoric of this whole year, it's quite the comparison. I tell you what, though, a lot of those senior-led teams and grad student-led teams, the, the older ones, are usually the ones that go pretty far in the tourney. We've seen that with Gonzaga quite a bit because Gonzaga has a lot of players that will just kind of stick around for all four years, and they'll end up being one of the oldest teams out there in the, the field. And they usually go pretty far because they have that experience and they're able to compose themselves in really high-pressure situations. This could be a team that is really slept on in the tourney, and again, that's that is definitely down the line, but um, it's certainly worth mentioning, Zach. And when you look at this player breakdown, all of these guys have really high production despite their age. Yeah, first guy on our b- breakdown is Blake Hinson. He's the forward, averaging 15 and a half points a game at 6.2 rebounds. He leads the team in both those stats. And he's a really, really great three-point shooter for being a forward, almost 39%. And expect him to shoot a lot of threes. He, he leads the team in attempts. And in our last matchup, he had a whopping 25 points and 13 rebounds. So he crushes the first time. And, you know, I expect him to, to crush the three-point line again and be, be a big presence today. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely remember him. I definitely remember him dropping, dropping some threes and really, like, crushing us. Uh, it was... Listen, that last game was pretty tough. Despite only losing by two, it felt like we lost by quite a bit more because we had a we had a decent comeback going, but um, we weren't able to get it done. I'm looking at this whole roster, Zach, and it's just interesting that they've got four guys that average double digits on their team. And I don't remember the last time that we had seen that for a team to be that well-rounded. We've always seen players that you know are basically heading the whole lineup. They're having you know, all of the pressure on their back and they have like maybe averaging like 20 points a game. The next guy's like nine. So it's interesting to see that this is really, really well diversified among this lineup. Yeah. In comparison, like Q's only has three guys in in double digits. So just alone that like like, you're right. That is a very surprising thing. And oddly enough, the top two guys are averaging 15.6 and the next two guys are 10.9, which is this wild that, the numbers are aligning in that way. But the next guy who also is averaging 15.6 is Jamaris Burton, a guard. He's a really good ball distributor. He's not. He's just barely undering Nelly Cummings in assists per game with 4.3. He only had nine points in our first matchup, but he did have a team-high seven assists. So he's a really good ball distributor, and uh, you know he's a really good, great guard. Those are the guys that we always struggle against are the ones that can move the ball really quickly. And we've always had that issue. I think it's just a, a, an issue with the zone that you really can't contain those teams that are really high in the cis margin. I don't know if it's really a, a, a zone issue or if it's just kind of our defense is just the way that it is. It's not athletic enough to keep up. But I've noticed that we've had that issue for a couple of years now where if we come up against a team or a player that has a, a pretty high assist total we don't we don't really do that well against them i can't remember where they are in assist per game but it's not that high but nonetheless they did move the ball very very well in our first matchup you know multiple guys were, were scoring from the three i think you know six or seven guys ended up scoring a bucket from three and they just really distributed the ball and and had really great ball movement in their first matchup and you know they have two guards that distribute the ball very well nelly cummings I mean, this guy always plays well against us. 
He, you know, he leads the team with 4.7 assists per game, which is fifth in the ACC. So that, that's no stat to, to gawk at. That's, you know, quite the, quite the stat line there. And like I said, he always competes well against us. In our last matchup, he had 22 points with six threes and six assists. Nelly Cummings, he's only averaging 10.9 points a game, but I expect him to, to play lights out again because he, he always brings his best game when he, when he plays Q's. Yeah, the Colgate transfer is insane. He was the guy that I had circled when we first played Pitt this year, and he is just, he's such a good player. He is definitely one that's going to be, uh, I hope, drafted pretty high. Uh, I don't remember what he, do you remember what he did against us when he was on Colgate? I feel like he really uh, did well against us. Yeah, in our last matchup, last or our, our last matchup when he was he had six threes as well. I'm not sure his full stat line, but I know he also had six threes last year. He had six threes in his matchup this year. So he's this he's this lethal from free. He he knows how to get he knows how to knock down that three point shot. That's tough, man. That's really tough. That the top of the zone is going to be having a lot of issues with that, especially you know I've noticed there's there's been two big uh, issues that our, our zone has had um, going up against teams that are really good shooters and really aggressive. And it seems like this is the perfect combination of both. So we are going to be having a lot of issues on the defensive end against these guys. And listen, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game, but if we can get it done somehow, then uh, we're, we're looking pretty good for the NIT, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a sad thing to mutter. But the last guy I want to highlight is Greg Elliott, who's their best three-point shooter. He's 42% from three, which is which is quite quite impressive. He only did have 12 points in our first matchup, which is which is obviously very solid. We only shot two for nine from three. But nonetheless, on the year, he's shooting 42%. So we definitely need to look out for Greg Elliott. So, Zach, with all of this being said, we're looking at the team and everything. What is the, in your head, the number one player that we need to stop from getting hot on this team? I mean, it's a combination of Nelly Cummings just because he has torched us so many times. But the guy that really torches had a double-double in our first matchup is Blake Hitson. And I think he was crucial in that win. He led, he led both teams with his stat line or first match. And I think if we can limit him, then, you know, we have a chance. And I think looking at this game as a whole, the, the thing that we really need to stop is the rebounding, especially because since Pitt is so good at it, uh, if we can get any sort of margin on them, if we can stop, limit their chances, rebounding the ball, then we should have a decent shot at winning this game. Unfortunately, they they do like to move the ball around and they like to shoot as well. So it's not a great recipe for us. It's our final away game of the year until ACC play. Only three games left sack in the year. And uh, if we win out this, I guess that will be in good shape for the NIT. But in order to get into March Madness, we really need to like have a... We probably need to win the ACC tournament, to be completely honest with you. It, it would need to make a, a miracle for us to... Uh, win and, and go to to March Madness. Yeah, no, we need to make a huge, huge splash. I mean, maybe if, you know, we go to the finals and, you know, go on some crazy run, maybe there's a chance. But it does seem like all things are pointing to an ACC tournament win is the only way we're, we're going to get the, to the big dance. 
But I do think, in general, in our first matchup against Pitt, we've shown that we can compete with these guys. If you remember that first matchup, we were down by 20. Things were looking good, but we were able to claw our way back in. And we had a chance to win it towards the end. Obviously, that was, you know, early on in the year. We've kind of started to get over the hump in that regard a little bit, and we're able to find ways to, to win in these close matchups. So hopefully we can learn something from that. And, you know, obviously this is on the road, our last road test of the year, like you've mentioned. But I think uh, we can we can do something here if, if, if we believe. If we believe. That is a, a good way of putting it. So this one later today at 5 o'clock on the ACC Network from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Make sure you catch it last road game of the year. After this, you'll be hearing from us recapping this game and also the Clemson loss which was really really tough to watch and uh, we'll have we'll have all that for you later until you hear from us next time we will talk to you soon let's go cues.